uh, for as long as I can remember, I've had the phrase, you'll grow into a fine person, embedded into the back of my mind. Uh, for some reason, that made me look at life a bit differently than most. I was never worried about what kind of job I held down, or making any serious mistakes in life. That one sentence was my truth, and no matter what happened or what I did, as long as I was still alive, I would become a fine person. It was only recently until I found out who told me that phrase, and why I should have cared more about putting some sort of purpose into my life. I had come into some money. On a whim, I had bought a lottery ticket when I was at the corner store getting a cold drink. I had never actually bought a ticket for myself. I would go into the lottery pools at work, or buy some tickets for my family, but never one for myself. It was a bit out of character, uh, but I never considered guessing why I bought it, even after I won. The amount was enough for me to comfortably live if I was careful enough with my spending. I could retire before my mid-twenties, even after giving my parents a share so they could retire as well. I was never close with my parents, and I had no reason for the emotional distance. I loved them, sure, but I could never bring myself to go out of my way to do things like meet up for family dinners or play catch in the front of the yard with my father. They didn't seem too bothered with the distance. I was a fairly lonely person very much the type to go missing and not have someone notice for three months. With my newly filled bank account, I decided first thing was to find a better place to live. My apartment wasn't in the best area, but it was affordable. But now, I could afford a place with 16 bathrooms if I liked. But I figured that'd be a waste if I was alone. I did some house hunting online and found a nice place with a reasonable price. I hadn't even bothered getting a new car yet. I still owned a car that was at the end of its life. I bought for a few hundred bucks. It was good enough to get me to the open house that day, but I never got to the location I picked out. Despite living in the same city my entire life, I got lost. I somehow ended up on a side street. It was a nice neighborhood. The sidewalks cracked. The areas looked like it was stuck years in the past, but it was nice. Each front yard was huge, big enough to host a tree that towered over every other house. Although I had gotten lost, I felt like I knew this neighborhood. I slowly drove down the street looking for a place to park so I could use my phone to get directions to the open house. Because I was going so slow, when a dog ran out into the weather-worn road, I was at no risk to hit it. From where the small dog came running, a child followed behind. She was calling for her dog and not watching where she was going. I had stopped my truck in the empty street and watched as a poor girl tripped over the curb, smashing her knee. She wailed for her dog and over her new scrape. Her father, I assume, came running out of the house to go to her side. In a strange daze, I stopped the truck and got out. Is she alright? I called out. She's fine. Did you see where our dog went? The father asked after he picked up his sobbing daughter. I did see where the dog went. He had run down a driveway and I guess into the backyard of a place across the street. I'll try and find him. 
I offered, and took off, trying to track the small white dog down. The driveway ended in a gate that was ajar. I heard barking and hoped the owners forgave me for trespassing. It only took a minute or two to collect the dog and start walking toward the road, but the owners of the house must have seen a stranger come into the backyard. A man came out onto the porch to see what the fuss was about, followed behind with a woman. Sorry to go in your backyard, I just wanted to get him back, I apologized. And they looked between each other, not looking worried exactly, but had a stressed look I couldn't place. I returned the dog to his owners and the little girl stopped sobbing when she had held him in his arms again. Her knee looked bloodied, but she no longer cared. Her father thanked me for the effort and took them aside to get his child cleaned up. The couple on the other side of the road was still on their porch. I gave them a wave. Sorry again. No problem. Was the gate unlocked? I swore I had closed it, the man asked. He looked at least ten years older than myself, and he was kind. It was a little open. Maybe the latch is broken, I suggested. He gave me a friendly shrug, and I got back into my truck. I was still parked on the road, but the street I was on looked like it didn't get any kind of traffic. I picked up my phone and tried to get some directions, but for some strange reason, it didn't turn on. I fiddled with it for a few moments and finally gave up. The couple hadn't gone inside, but instead stayed to talk to each other. I felt bad for interrupting, but I was lost after all. Hey, do you two know where I can get to Main Street? I got turned around and I'm late for an open house. For a moment, the woman looked a bit pale, but she recovered and gave me a friendly smile. Just go left at the end of the road and keep going straight. You'll see the turn for it. If you hit the big hill, you've gone too far. If your open house doesn't work out, get turned around again and come back here. We're considering on moving. After her partner spoke, the woman took his hand and gripped it tight. In that moment, I didn't notice how tight or that she was suddenly forcing her smile. I figured that she was just stressed over the idea of moving. I was stressed even though the process would be easy. Uh, sure, would you mind giving me your number? I got a nod and the man went inside and came back with a sticky note he had jotted down his number and their names with. He handed it to me through my truck window. I gave him a thanks and doubted I would ever see them again as I drove off. I didn't arrive to the open house. The street had been blocked off by emergency vehicles and I watched in shock as the dark smoke billowing out from where I guessed was the for sale house in question was located. I hope no one got hurt. What bad luck for the owners. I was too lazy to start up my job hunting again. Instead, the next day I called the nice couple I had met. They offered to let me come by and look at the house whenever I liked. They were Henry Jones and Carla Jones, both perfectly lovely people. Henry gave me a big handshake at the moment he saw me. Carl had gotten cookies and juice ready for us. They showed me around the house and I could tell they had done a major cleaning spree for me. I felt flattered over all the kind attention, but at the same time, just below the surface, they looked stressed. I laid off from work, Henry said, I explained their strange mood. I guess he saw that I knew they were stressed. 
happening to a lot of people. That's why we want the place sold fast. We found the perfect place for us. It doesn't cost much. We'll be happy for the rest of our lives there. I looked at the living room. It smelled clean and the summer sun came through the large open windows. I hadn't been in the house before, but oddly, it felt like home. It felt like I was meant to be there. I would be glad to be able to help out a good pair of people. I could afford to pay double their axing price, a triple if they let me. The living room had faded and slightly peeling wallpaper. I had ran my hand over the top of it, taking in the thought of me living there, and I liked the thought. Alright, how do we get the sale started? It was another month until Henry and Carl could officially move out. I was fine with that. I came over and helped them pack. At some point, I was spending more time over their place than at my own apartment. I had bought the place, but it was still their home for the time being. During that month, something was bothering me. Something so minor, I didn't feel like troubling them with it. It wasn't something troubling, it was just strange. I was the type of person not to dream or to remember when I woke up. But for that month, I was dreaming. I was younger, maybe six, with my parents. We drove, looking at different houses, and finally arrived at Henry's and Carl's place. I had been sat on the couch, eating a cookie, while my parents talked about boring adult talk. My cookie was finished, and I was ready to cause trouble when someone handed me another one. I couldn't see their face in the dream, but I knew they were the most beautiful person that I had ever seen. I can only have one. My six-year-old self told the stranger, It's alright, I won't tell. I couldn't tell the person's gender. Their voice sounded like a waterfall in the spring. Something so soft and yet a hint of a cold edge. Their hair was done up and a complex braids, all pulled back. It was an odd color I can't describe. Yellow that shimmered green. Do you live here? I asked the person. I do, with a lot of people. Would you like to move in? I always woke up at that point. I stayed in bed, trying to recall anything more. The person's face, my answer, anything. But I was stuck. I felt like it was all on the tip of my tongue. The final day of packing came. The three of us stared at the boxes, and I felt like Henry and Carl meant more to me than my own parents in the course of a month. Please don't go too far. Uh, come and visit when you like. I told them, uh, trying to act like an adult and fight back my tears. Oh, don't worry. We'll always be here. We all gave each other crushing hugs, and I had to leave to organize moving on my own end of things. I wish I stayed longer, because I never saw Henry and Carl again. I got moved in, all alone for a few weeks. I got into routine of sleeping, eating, and reading. My life was pretty boring. I did try and fix it by calling my two friends, but the number they gave me it didn't go through. I didn't freak out at first. They might have not gotten things set up yet. But as the time went by, and I still couldn't track them down, I started to get worried. But they were adults. I liked them. But they were, in a way, strangers. I had no right to track them down if they didn't want to see me. I would give them some more time to contact me first. 
As more time passed, I started to get anxious. I even considered hiring a private detective to track them down. I had the funds, but that was just a crazy thought. They were just busy adjusting, a job hunting or relaxing. No reason to go over there to the deep end. I decided to keep myself sane. I would give myself some sort of hobby. Uh, the house was older, but in pretty good condition. For some reason, Henry and Carl had taken off the wallpaper in the living room right before I arrived. The whole house smelled of fresh paint for a few days after I moved in. I missed that wallpaper in which they had left it. I sat on the couch in the middle of the day on my phone looking at tutorials on how to apply wallpaper when I heard a voice. You don't like the new color? I jolted up out of the couch, heart beating out of my chest. I relaxed seeing who was speaking. It was a person I had dreamed about. So I, I must have, have fallen asleep on the couch, but in a dream. I couldn't see the person's face, but now I could. It was a perfect face, so perfect and so beautiful, I couldn't be real. I was scared again. I started to sweat when they took one step toward me. Their limbs strangely a bit too long, fingers too thin and nails too pointed. Sharp teeth smiling at me and eyes glittered watching as I stood up on shaking feet. He'll grow into a fine person. The person, no creature, answered back in a voice tinkling with a bell-sounding laugh. I clutched at the couch arm to stay upright. I had spoken to this, this thing when I was a child. The memories came flooding back. I sat on the couch eating a cookie it gave me and I had answered. I very much would like to live in that house. I think I could love you when you're older. If I give you the means to purchase this house when you're older, would you come back here? Would you live with me and with us? I would like to fill this house with people I love. The creature had told me so many years ago. What if I don't use the money to buy the house? What if I buy toys instead? My child self answered back. Oh, I know you won't. That's something a bad person would do. I don't like bad people. I know one thing about you. You'll grow into a fine person. My legs shook and I felt myself nearly giving it to faint. That thing had the same smile as it did back then. I felt it place one hand on my shoulder and I wanted to shake it off. But to my horror, I realized I liked the hand there. I was under its spell. I had a fluttering in my stomach. A start of an adoration I knew would spell my end. No matter what I did, I knew in time I would love this monster and the truth had made my stomach turn. Oh, where's Henry and Carl? I asked, weakly, not looking up. I wanted to cling on to my sanity for a few more minutes. The creature let out a laugh. It wrapped its long, thin limbs around me and I was unable to struggle. My body accepted it as my mind screamed to fight back. They never left. No one leaves this house. I like that, filling up houses with people I love. And once you accepted my suggestion to live with me, you'll never leave again. Sadly, houses fill up so fast, I was glad I'm able to get a few more into this house before I move to the next one. My throat tightened and tears started to sting my eyes. 
I suddenly understood why the living room wall looked so freshly redone, and why Henry and Carl looked so concerned during their final days, and why they put off moving for as long as they could, and why I no longer contacted them. The creature holding me noticed my tears and held me tighter, shushing me and petting my head as one would do with a pet. I've lived there for a while, with whatever it is. I order food and I don't need to work. Just me, that creature, that loves me and whoever else is trapped inside this house out of sight. Most of my time is spent in the living room talking to Henry and Carl, expecting the empty room to answer back. Whatever bought me here either has gotten bored of me or didn't love me as much as I thought it would. When it thinks I'm not listening, I've heard it on the phone, uh, calling up to plan an open house in the future. I may not have a lot of time left before it picks someone else, but at the very least, I won't ever be alone in this house. Okay, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this story. I'll see you guys in the next one, so sit back, relax, and listen.